On December 5, 1955, a woman boarded a bus in Montgomery, Alabama, named Rosa Parks. Rosa cared about civil rights. She was a member of the local NAACP, but on this day, she was just a seamstress wanting to get home from work. When the bus driver demanded she give up her seat, Rosa had had enough. I had given up my seat before, but this day, I was especially tired. Tired from my work as a seamstress, and tired from the ache in my heart. One of the greatest dangers in a society that seeks to realize true liberty, justice, and happiness for all is apathy. It's simply not caring and settling into the role that someone else has made for you. And apathy can happen to the best of us. It's not just the state of not caring. It's not wanting to do the hard thing. It's not wanting to stir the pot. It's giving up because we don't think we can make a difference. That's where the spirit of justice comes in. We don't need a law book to have our soul tell us when something isn't right that this isn't fair, that dignity is being challenged. And that's what Rosa Parks did that day. She broke the law, refused to get up. She broke the bonds of apathy and embodied the spirit of justice. After her arrest, three young leaders spoke back and forth over the phone. One was Martin Luther King Jr., who made his way from Atlanta to Montgomery, his first real participation in a call for greater civil rights. King knew what his challenges would be. First, what we might call white hate. An evil system was in place, the bus system, which poked at the dignity of black people and should have shocked the conscience of everyone. King shared, If a visitor had come to Montgomery before the bus boycott, he would have frequently noticed Negro passengers getting on at the front door and paying their fares, and then being forced to get off and go to the back doors to board the bus. And often he would have noticed that before the Negro passenger could get to the back door, the bus rode off with fare in the box. But even more, that visitor would have noticed Negro passengers standing up over empty seats. No matter if a white person never got on the bus, and the bus was filled up with Negro passengers, these Negro passengers were prohibited from sitting in the front of four seats because they were only for white passengers. It even went beyond this. If the reserve section for whites was filled up with white persons, and additional white persons boarded the bus, then Negro passengers sitting in the unreserved section were often asked to stand up and give their seats to white persons. If they refused to do so, they were arrested. King was a student of the work of Henry David Thoreau and his civil disobedience. King had come to believe that a law is not a just law that allows or enforces an evil. King didn't want to break the law or tell other people to break the law. He wanted to stand for justice. King knew his second great challenge was what we might call black apathy. The silence of good people King famously spoke of that allows injustice wasn't just to do with good white folks who weren't speaking up, but good black men and women who had gotten so used to the mistreatment that there was a fear of challenging it. When the first gathering came to discuss how to respond to Miss Park's arrest and King saw 40 leaders had come, he knew right then that something big was going to happen. And that's how the spirit of justice comes forth, in a fight for civil rights or in our own lives. We have to truly recognize a wrong, even if someone claims it's law or normal or okay. A man who says a demeaning thing to you but thinks it's okay because it's funny. A boss who demeans you but thinks it's okay because she's so-called above you. When we see a system in place that is either grossly evil or simply challenges dignity and equality, there is a call for the spirit of justice. A bus boycott was called for in Montgomery and it was incredibly successful. The leaders of Montgomery went into a panic. Leaders would seek to create more unjust laws and utilize covert evil actions against King and others to try and stop the boycott. King would receive hate calls in the middle of the night. His house would be bombed. One night, King was pulled over and arrested for speeding, going 30 in a 25 zone. 
King shared his experience. As we drove off, presumably to the city jail, a feeling of panic began to come over me. The jail was in the downtown section of Montgomery, yet we were going in a different direction. The more we rode, the farther we wore from the center of town. In a few minutes we turned into a dark and dingy street that I had never seen and headed under a desolate old bridge. By this time I was convinced that these men were carrying me to some faraway spot to dump me off. But this couldn't be, I said to myself. These men are officers of the law. Then I began to wonder whether they were driving me off to some waiting mob, planning to use the excuse later on that they had been overpowered. I found myself trembling within and without. Silently, I asked God to give me the strength to endure whatever came. By this time, we were passing under the bridge. I was sure now that I was going to meet my fateful hour on the other side. But as I looked up, I noticed a glaring light in the distance. As soon as I saw the words, Montgomery City Jail, I was so relieved that it was some time before I realized the irony of my position. Going to jail at that moment seemed like going to some safe haven. What made King particularly special was his connection with the spirit of justice within himself. He knew that the spirit of justice does not manifest itself through hate. It does not manifest itself as violence. It manifests itself through abiding faith, tough love, and as an appeal to the one spirit in all of us. He learned the spirit of justice philosophically from Thoreau, and at a more spiritual level from Mohandas Gandhi. The leaders of Montgomery, as smart as they were, were no match for this segment of their community who stood in their powerful truth. Not only did they seek to practice nonviolence, but they didn't seek to hate or make wrong the white people in the town. They appealed to the highest values and virtues in everyone. Of all the creative things lawmakers in Montgomery did to try and stop the bus boycott, the one that almost worked was to make it illegal to ride share. This, the lawmaker said, was a kind of business, like a taxi company, and you have to have a business license to do that. Of course, no business licenses would be issued. King had to share this awful news with his protesters. I knew that they had willingly suffered for nearly 12 months, but could we now ask them to walk back and forth to their jobs? And if not, would we be forced to admit that the protest had failed? For the first time, I almost shrank from appearing before them. When the evening came, I mustered sufficient courage to tell them the truth. I tried, however, to conclude on a note of hope. We have made it all of these months, I said, in the daring faith that God is with us in our struggle. The many experiences of days gone by have vindicated that faith in a marvelous way. Tonight we must believe that a way will be made out of no way. The next day was a court hearing challenging the law. It wasn't going well, and it was all but certain that King's side would lose and the boycott would soon end. There was a recess, and all of a sudden a reporter approached King, handing him the following news release. The United States Supreme Court unanimously ruled bus segregation unconstitutional in Montgomery, Alabama. King shared, My heart throbbed with an inexpressible joy. The darkest hour of our struggle had become the first hour of our victory. Change may not come in a single moment, but you see, change isn't really the main goal. Change is the byproduct of embodying the spirit of justice for ourselves, for others, for the world. When you've done that, you've already won. The byproduct of change is just a matter of time. After their victory, uh, King decided to board the bus in Montgomery, Alabama. I decided that after many months of struggling with my people for the goal of justice, I should not sit back and watch, but should lead them back to the buses myself. At 5.55, we walked toward the bus stop. 
the camera shooting, the reporters bombarding us with questions. Soon the bus appeared. The door opened, and I stepped on. The bus driver greeted me with a cordial smile. As I put my fare in the box, he said, I believe you are Reverend King, aren't you? I answered, Yes, I am. We are glad to have you this morning. Not everyone gave King or the other black passengers that day the same kind of greeting. There was much more work to do. But once the spirit of justice is established, the smallest of victories can begin to change the consciousness of all humankind. <laughs>